Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scuffin's podcast radio show. Coming to you on this Sunday, July the 24th, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are talking about something. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure out the title uh, as I go here today. I got a bunch of stuff I want to get through. Uh, a lot of things I thought were insightful and hopefully helpful for you guys to kind of navigate uh you know, staying motivated and just building confidence uh, as you kind of move through your fitness and life journey. Because as, as David Jack and I always say, it's all fitness and it's all not fitness. You know, where where is the line really drawn in the sand? It all kind of bleeds together for uh, for most of us. But uh, a couple housekeeping things before I jump in and share a ton of stories with you guys. Number one, uh, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app has been live now for just over 60 days. It's jeremyscuffitness.app. If you guys have wanted to work with me and location was a barrier, meaning you're not in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, or price was a barrier, uh, maybe some of our, our higher ticket programs, two, three, four hundred dollars was not in your budget, especially with now how jacked up the world is financially. Everything costs, seems like a trillion dollars more. You can work with us for just a buck for the first month, and then the app is $15 a month, or I think if you buy the whole year, uh, which I would suggest for you to do, it's 100 bucks. Uh, you spend more going out to dinner. Um, depending on what kind of car you drive, you probably spend more just filling up your gas tank nowadays. So it's basically the cheapest way you can work with us, and I've put everything into this thing. My weekly workouts, what I do every week for all 52 weeks. Some of our best programs are in here already. Our 10 Weeks to Ripped is in here. We have at-home dumbbell, at-home Metcon, our five-week hybrid high intensity. Right now, they're doing the Summer Metcon Challenge, which is basically a, a combo program of our Summer Metcons with our mandatory mobility program. We are dropping uh, Cut and Jacked 2.0 in August, which is a program that I personally do at least once a year, if not more so. And then in September... We are bringing a 34-day abs and core challenge to this, which is something that I think is going to be very beneficial to everybody who's listening. It's not just your normal lay on the ground and and do sit-ups program. This thing is very unique. I believe there's 100 different exercises just in there, and that'll come out in September. We are going to do another trip for that, so if you win it, we'll fly you here. We'll put you up at Savannah for a couple of days. I think it's a two, two free nights day, free airfare, all that stuff. So all that stuff's inside the Jeremy Scott Fitness app. It's a buck uh, to join. If you think it sucks, you guys can leave. But if you're listening to me talk and you want to see all the things we do in terms of mobility, nutrition, upper body, lower body, Metcons, uh, mindset stuff, it's all inside there. And we add in stuff every single week. So JeremyScottFitness.app, sign up for a buck. If you got a question, just ask. Otherwise, I'll see you guys inside. Also, you know, we're brought to you by my friends at Beam CBD. This is the CBD product I typically take to go to sleep. I usually go five or six nights and I'll maybe skip a night just to let my body kind of naturally do what it does, maybe stay up a little later. Like last night, probably made it to about 9.15. You know, I'm living a crazy life these days. But if you want to check it out, beamtlc.com the code is jeremy scott we'll get you guys 20 percent of all products 35 percent of all subscriptions again there's no thc in it it won't get you high it's as close to as natural and real as possible <clears throat> excuse me to help you guys sleep so if you want a free sample hit me up i got a ton here in the office i'll send them right to your front door you can try them for a couple of nights see if it helps you not only get to sleep 
but more importantly, stay asleep. And then you can get hooked up with all the discounts from there. So again, don't hesitate to message me and reach out. I know people, you know, hear me say that on here and they're like, ah, well, he probably isn't going to send it. No, you can ask anybody who's reached out. We always send it right to your front door. You can try it. So if you want to check it out today, beamtlc.com, code Jeremy Scott to get all the discounts or hit me up and you get a bunch of free samples for nothing. And you guys already know our friends over at Athletic Greens. Athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott gets you a year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. If you've heard me talk about this before, you know it's the one thing I take every single day. I never miss a day taking Athletic Greens. I can't eat enough fruits and vegetables every day, especially when I travel. And even when I'm working, it's just tough to eat, you know, 10 servings of asparagus. Uh, As sexy as that sounds, it's just not something that uh, I'm willing to do at this point in my life. So I take one pack of athletic greens, I rip it open, put it in water, shake it, and I slam it. So I get all my micronutrients, I get my probiotics in there, I get my digestive enzymes in there, and you're talking like the antioxidant equivalent to 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies, all in one easy scoop. And on top of that, it's the best tasting greens on the planet. So if you want to check it out, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott will get you the year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. Or if you want to try it for free, Message me, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, email, put something in a bottle, throw it down the Salt River, I'll grab it, I'll find your address, and then I'll ship you the pack for free. Monica literally will box it up, send it to you, you can try it, if you like it, then get hooked up with all the free stuff from there. If you take 14 different pills, this replaces it. If you're taking a shitty multivitamin, this replaces it. Super easy. Probably the number one reason I do take it, honestly, you guys, on top of it, it's good for me and, uh, you know, it, it tastes the best of any greens. It's the convenience. It's just, I, I'll never bullshit myself. I'll never make an excuse. That's why I travel with it. And I come home, I usually take it before my first meal and I'm good to go. And I think you can do the same thing. The laziest person in the world can take a scoop of athletic greens every day. It's better than doing nothing. Still eat real food, obviously, but but this will help you in more ways than one. So athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott for the free stuff. Otherwise, ask me for a sample today. Also, our friends at Dry Farms Wine, Dry Farm Wines, Dry Farm Wines.com slash Jeremy Scott Fitness. Order a bottle and get a bottle for a penny. I don't know anything about wine. That's more Heather's area, but she said it's the best wine. She loves it. She drinks it, and I think you guys will dig it too if you are wine drinkers. And last but not least, shout out to our friends at Sleeves Sold Separately. This is where I get all my joggers, my hoodies. If you guys want to check it out, jscott15 for 15% off all the gear that they make. It's sleevesoldseparately.com. You can do slash collection slash Jeremy Scott if you want uh, basically all the stuff that I personally wear. Otherwise, just message me. All the stuff's in the show notes as well as our friends at JLab Pro, which I almost forgot. Again, JLab is having a huge sale right now, you guys. That's where I get my protein, my turmeric, my collagen, my curl oils. Uh, it's jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com. It's in the show notes. The code is ID25. So ID25 gets you 25% off every single product on the site. Again, if you guys want to see any of these things, our supplement guides, our smoothie guides, our protein pack guides, all that stuff is in the Jeremy Scott Fitness app. We've made it look super sexy and super easy, as well as all our trusted partners. Or if you just want the trusted partners guide, hit me up. And I'm happy to send it to you guys and get it to you. So these are the people we work with. We like them. They're good people. They care about health. Uh, They care about giving people the best tasting products and the most easily ready available products to take no matter how busy you are. So that's always a mouthful for me. 
I apologize if I cough here uh, a couple of times. Again, you guys know I just finished our Sunday events Metcon here today. It was not the hardest one we've ever done, but it was quick and it was intense. And for some reason, now I'm finding myself having a little what we like to call bird flu. Um, that's just, if you guys remember the bird flu, if you're old enough. Um, we used to say that when I play uh, basketball with my homie Andy Nett, who's a hell of a player. He actually played um, football and basketball in college. Freak show. Uh, and him and I would talk when we go, whether it's playing pickup or in practice. And you know, just some days you just don't have it. Like even if you're a shooter, right? Like even you, you've seen Steph Curry, greatest shooter of all time, like just kind of go cold once in a while or just he just can't buy a bucket. It's like there's a lid on the rim. And uh, we would always joke uh, when you had that, you had the bird flu. Like just something was off about you. You just couldn't, you couldn't get a bucket. And that's, I, I've taken that into my adult life here when I have kind of this Metcon cough. I just call it the bird flu. So I apologize if I cough here a couple of times since I'm rolling solo today. It's a lot of me rambling on. But I ha- I found a handful of things over the last couple of weeks I thought will be beneficial for you guys to listen to. A lot of it on perspective, a lot of it on confidence, a lot of it on motivation, and just some some basic tips to kind of keep you moving forward. Because if you don't have a North Star... If you don't have something that is motivating, something that's inspiring, it's really hard for you to stay consistent. Now, I always say, you know, motivation is great and inspiration is is great to get you going, but it's a level of discipline in the daily habits and the consistency of those that ultimately leads you, you know, to be super fit, uh, to have a great career, to be, you know, financially independent, to have an awesome relationship, like, I said the other day on Instagram in a quick video, um, success doesn't happen on accident. And I guess more nuanced, sustained, repeated success does not happen by accident. I guess you can, you know, win the lottery, um, but even those people got up off their ass and bought a ticket, right? For most of us, statistically speaking, we're not going to win the lottery. Uh, We're probably not going to inherit, you know, Brewster's millions, if you guys old enough to remember. Brewster's Moons, Brewster's Moons is a classic, by the way. You guys should um, you should check that out. But anyways, most of us, that's not going to be our life. And so we have to do little things every single day to lead us ultimately to where we want to go. And we have to continue to do those again and again and again. And I wanted to share that just because I think a lot of times we get lost along the way. We get discouraged. Um, we get sidetracked. We just kind of lose focus of, of what we're trying to do. That's why I always say if you can make a public declaration or just have something that is burning so deep inside of you, that motivates you to keep going, especially in the days when you don't want to, when you're tired, when you're hangry, when you're sore. 18 things went wrong, but you still stayed the course because that goal and that dream mattered to you more than you eating like shit or sleeping in or just taking, you know, five days off in a row, it kept you going. But I'll dig into that in a second. I do want to share this really quick. Uh, I threw it up on IG today and it was a post that I can't remember who sent it to me. It's like, is the Instagram like the fit, the fit fat coach or fat fit coach? I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name, uh, but they sent it to me and I'm like, I, I have to share this. And the post was, and I quote, I saw this on a millennial's post. Don't mess around with anyone over 42. They're built different. Their families had them formally trained in something by the time they were two. 
They had keys to the house by age five. They could cook full meals at seven, and they were pretty much self-sufficient at nine. They left their house at dawn every summer morning and didn't come back until nightfall and survived all day on water from garden hoses. They might get lucky to grab a sandwich on the off chance that somebody's parents had went shopping. They spent three quarters of their lives by themselves with the parent maybe checking on them twice a month. Most of them have evaded at least one kidnapping attempt and they know 15 different ways to remove bloodstains from clothing. They are the real fuck around and find out people. And uh, I, I thought anybody who's in my age group who's probably, I would say, after age... I mean, you could be younger, too, if your parents didn't give a fuck like ours. Uh, but probably age like 35 uh, and up, this is applicable, too. And uh, I, I went back for the 4th of July, like you guys know. <clears throat> saw my best friend who's still in Minneapolis. And when him and I talk... We always say this. Uh, I look him dead in the face. And I'm like, dude, how do we not die? Like, dude, how are we not dead um, or in jail or prison or something? But all this, this stupid shit um, we did, um, were allowed to do and got away with. And so you can relate to this if you're a person who grew up with no cell phone, no internet. And maybe as you got older, you had dial-up at best. You owned a BB gun um, before the age of 10. I remember asking my dad, uh, for a pellet gun, and he's just being like, fuck no, you're not getting a pellet gun, dude, I know the stupid shit you're going to do with it, but uh, as gangster and as hard of an exterior as my old man has, he's got a, he's a softy man, um, if you can if you can break him down, it's like, uh, what were those, the little, um, like the Tootsie Pops, where like, they were rock hard, and then you got in the middle, it was like a Tootsie Roll, <clears throat> that's like my old man, basically, the problem is, it's like concrete trying to break through that motherfucker. But um, I remember I said I wanted a pellet gun at 10, and eventually he got me one for Christmas. And sure enough, man, I'm out in the driveway. I'm shooting bottles, glass bottles, because that's what we used to have, little glass Pepsi bottles. Cru crushed them all. Uh, shot through a bird feeder uh, in our backyard because birds would be out there. So I'm just picking off birds left and right like a you know a normal 10-year-old dipshit would do. So I put holes in the bird feeder. And then I actually, in my bedroom, because I'm a complete dumbass, I shot probably 200 um, BB and pellet holes um, in my wall. And then I covered them up with the poster. And then obviously when I moved out, uh, my dad found those. <clears throat> not a great not a great day for me. Uh, anyways, um, you guys know the area of time. When you guys rode in the back of pickup trucks like we used to do, probably never wore seatbelts, um, you used to call to find out the time and temp, if you guys remember the days, or using a map, or printing out uh, MapQuest directions. Uh, I am from an era of when they had vending machines with cigarettes in them. So you'd walk down to like your local pizza place or your uh, laundromat, uh, and uh, you'd have a vending machine, and it had cigarettes inside. Um, also, you could be the kid who went to the store and probably picked up some red man or picked up some marbles for their dad and you get yourself a couple tootsie rolls and some bazooka joe bubblegum and pick up a pack of cigs for your old man you could ride your bike back home because they trusted you i mean that is the original fuck around and find out time that's the era of time i came up in and so i'm not saying it's better or worse than the younger kids today but man <sighs> times are changing and it sure um sure ain't the same so i wanted to share that for my people my old heads out there if you're younger you're probably like what the hell is this guy talking about but uh that shit was real. Not that long ago, everybody. But I digress. Today's podcast. I found this, and I'm going to butcher the guy's name, and it's a story 
um, about approaching something from a different direction. Um, one of Brazil's richest and most powerful men, um, I can't even say the guy's name, so pretend like I said it right. Uh, he stunned the world when he announced that he was burying his multi-million dollar Bentley so he could lead his later life in style. It attracted a lot of media attention, mostly negative, um, and he was strongly criticized for the extravagant gesture and the destruction of such a valuable vehicle because people would wonder, why would you bury, you know, your car? And why would you want to, you know, have that quote unquote in the afterlife when that, you know, we don't believe that's kind of a thing. Why don't you donate it, for example? You know, why don't you sell it and give that money to charity? You know, how far are you from reality because you believe this? And they had it all set up. They had the media there. He was going to bury the car. And moments before um, the Bentley was going to be buried, he made a statement that he was not going to bury the car. And he revealed that his true motive in all the drama was to create awareness around organ donation. And he went on to say, people condemn me because I wanted to bury a million dollar Bentley. In fact, most people bury something more valuable than a car. They bury hearts, they bury livers, they bury lungs, eyes, kidneys. <clears throat> and he said, this is bullshit. So many people are waiting for transplants. And burying them with their healthy organs, you could save so many lives. Now, to me, that's brilliant. And what I learned is that there are ways, if you think about it, to do things more efficiently, creatively, smartly, and achieve a desired result and goal. And the reason I share that is because, one, I do think it's important um, if you're a believer of, of donating your organs, this is a great way to bring awareness to it. But it's a way of building buzz and attention to get eyes on something where more than likely if he just said, hey, you know, when I die, I'm going to donate my eyes and, and my liver and my heart to, to somebody who needs it, it wouldn't have gotten nearly as much attention. I wouldn't be talking on the podcast and never would have read it and shared it and thought about it. So I share that for one because... I do think it's important, and if you think of it that way, if you were to bury yourself in like fancy jewelry, you know, in uh, with a bunch of dollar bills and, and coins and things that you know your family would be like, well, what the fuck? Why are you burying those? Why can't we have them? They're they're valuable. We can sell them. We can use them. We can give you know money to our kids. We can do different things, which is all true. But if you're gonna die and you have a heart, a liver, lungs, eyes, and kidneys that could go to somebody else. Arguably, are not those things much, much, much more valuable to give to someone else than just dollars or a car? So just food for thought um, as we kind of kick in today. But I wanted to share that because I thought it was important. Now, if we're talking about you guys finding your path and staying motivated, staying on course towards your health and fitness goals, just some random thoughts that... Uh, Pat Rigsby had set out that I do think is important, and I'm not going to, you know, outline your goals for you. It doesn't matter if they're in fitness. It doesn't matter if, if your goal is fat loss. It doesn't matter if your goal is building muscle. It doesn't matter if your goal is, uh, you know, being a CEO or getting an advanced degree or making $200,000 a year. Whatever it is, all these same rules apply. And almost all of you to a person are already doing this in one area of your life. If you find you're lagging in another area, it's just because you haven't connected the dots yet. If you can be super fit, you can be good in your career. If you can be an awesome parent 
you can be successful in your health and fitness. I promise you that. You just haven't made the connection yet. You just haven't taken the set of skills in one lane and crossed them over. You're living in a vertical vector. I'm asking you to go horizontal with your skills here. And the random thoughts that uh, Rigsby had put out was one, just talking about vision. Um, I think we all need, you know, a collection of goals that inspire us and a destination to actively pursue that reflects where we want to be, what we want to achieve, and what we want to be known for. You could simply call it your vision. And my hope is that everybody finds that. And I'll say those again really quickly. So if you ask yourself, if you're getting up every day, and you find yourself, you're not motivated to eat right, you're not motivated to work out, language has a huge part of it for sure. Uh, Oh, I have to, you know, stop drinking so much booze, or I have to start eating vegetables, I have to go work out, I have to go to work, I have to, you know, take my car in to get fixed. No, no, no. You get to go work out. You have the luxury of moving your body through space because it still can. You get to take your car in to be fixed because you're lucky enough to have a car. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's the way that we talk to ourselves internally and also the things we say externally, and they do have a lot of power over us. I know some of you are listening to me and you're like, ah, Jeremy, you're full of shit. That doesn't matter. I promise you, dude, if you change the way you speak to yourself for the next 30 days, it's going to change the framework of how your mind interacts and the, I guess the lenses or the glasses that you're looking at the world through. It's the same reason that I, I don't get, you know, tomorrow I'm going to get up early as hell, like I do every day. And I have to be here super early. And that's way easier, I'll be honest, to get up at four and sit at home and like work on the computer than it is to get up at four and, and meet these guys here and turn it on for them. But I don't like, oh, I have to go to work tomorrow. I don't have to do shit. We're all adults. We get to choose everything we, we want to do. I get to come here and hang out with these guys tomorrow and do fitness which is pretty cool. So if you find yourself not being motivated, one, I think language is a huge key in changing the way that you see things. But two, you have to have an idea of what you want to achieve and what you want to be known for. And if that's legacy for you, cool. But you really just have to have a simple vision for your life. And I think we can all do great things. And we can all have like a meaningful impact, but it won't likely happen if you don't think a little bit bigger. And our vision is what will inspire us to step out of our comfort zone and hopefully ultimately reach our potential. And that's you just kind of stretching the limits of of what you believe is possible for your life and what you believe you can possibly do. And I believe this, man. Now, obviously, if you're like not in touch with reality and you think you're going to be, you know, LeBron James and you're, you know. 45 years old and you've never played basketball in your life, you know, you're fucking crazy. But for most of us, I do think your self-limiting beliefs, the way that you talk to yourself and the way that you think about yourself um, and not willing to put in the time, effort, energy to change, that's the biggest thing holding you back. Nobody else. Number two, you got to have a plan, right? Like if your vision is your destination, then your plan is the roadmap. It's your bridge to get from where you are today to where you want to be. And I think most people have dreams of where they'd like to go, but no map of how to take them there. Your plan is the map. 
and the path is what you're going to follow, right? So not unlike your GPS, which is guiding you to your destination, there'll often be a course correction as you follow your plan, but you're always going to be moving forward towards it. The, the two examples I give, and I just did this on Friday when I did a guest podcast about finance, they bring a knucklehead like me on to talk about money now. This is the backwards world we're living in. One, if you're trying to get from Minnesota to Scottsdale, for example, which I've driven, and I had MapQuest directions, actually. Um, I also had a GPS in my car. <clears throat> Excuse me. It wasn't on phones yet, but I had it in my car when I moved here. It took me from where I was to where I wanted to go. It was a bridge from one place to the next. If I didn't have that, would I have made it here? Me personally, hell no. Some of you guys, maybe. Odds are I would have ended up in Texas or New Mexico or even Kansas and been like, oh, Arizona's not that hot. That's probably what would have happened for me. If you're trying to shed fat, if you're trying to build muscle, but you don't have a map, you don't have a GPS, and you're not, let's say, tracking your calories, tracking your macros, and you're just eating whatever the hell you want, and you have no understanding of what's coming in and what's going out, how do you know if you're in a calorie deficit? How do you know if you're in a calorie surplus? Could you get shredded without it? Sure. Could you build muscle without tracking? Sure. But it's going to be a lot faster and a lot quicker and a lot easier to course correct. And now that's the key here. Because if something's not working or something's going wrong, you can look at what you're doing. You can look at the map, right? You can look at the plan and you can course correct. It's imagine you're getting paid every week at your job and your goal is, well, we're going to save for a down payment on a house. We need $100,000. Or we're trying to get rid of all our student loans or all our credit card debt. Or we're trying to pay off our mortgage. We have $200,000 of debt to get rid of. And you have money coming in every week. Yet you're not tracking your fixed expenses. You're not tracking things that you're paying for. Well, how do you know how much money you can save if you don't know how much is going out? And vice versa, if you don't know how much is coming in, how do you know how much money you can allot to paying off of debt or paying for a mortgage or paying for a car payment or paying for a student loan? You don't. The point is, no matter if it's fitness or it's finance or you're in college, I want to graduate in four years. Well, if you're not tracking and you don't have a map or a plan of how many credits you have to take every semester, how are you going to get there? The map, you guys, is a plan and it's a path you're going to follow. And if you don't have one, it's really tough to course correct. Because even if you fall off track, you can correct it and you're still going to be moving forward, making progress. A lot of people wake up every day and kind of mindlessly go through the motions of their life thinking like, oh, if I just keep you know, doing these tasks, all the things are going to work out. Nothing has magically ever fucking worked out for me. It might for you, but I am always more concerned about the plan than I am the destination. And what I mean is if, if Heather comes to me and says, okay, hey, Jeremy, you know, I want to buy a different vehicle. I want to uh, move into a different house. I want to take this trip. I'm like, okay, well, how much is it going to cost? How long do we have between now and then? What are our, you know, expenses? How much income do we have coming in? How much money do you want to allot to these goals and things we have? And what are you willing to give up along the way? It's, it's not rocket science. It's the same way if, if I said, hey, I got 100 pounds to lose. Okay, let me see. And I want to do it in 
two years. Okay, well, in two years, if you're going to drop 100 pounds, that's 104 weeks. <clears throat> if we do a pound a week, we're at 104 pounds. That's awesome. What do I have to do? If I started eating at a 500 calorie deficit in week one, and I'm going to exercise and do four 30-minute metabolic sessions a week. I'm going to get 10,000 steps in per day. I'm going to track it on my fitness pal. You see what I'm saying here? You're having a plan. And if it's going not quick enough or things aren't moving in the right direction, you can course correct. But you have to have a path to follow. Which brings me to the next one, drive. You can have a destination and you can have a map, but you still have to travel the route. You still got to do the work, dude. You have to be willing to actively pursue your vision because it's not going to magically just appear. As my old man once told me as a kid, Jeremy, you can wish in one hand and you can shit in the other. See which one fills up faster. Well, I never took a shit in my hand because I at about the age of seven, I understood. Um, shit's going to fill up a lot quicker than the wishes are. That's just reality. You got to be willing to do the work. In fact... If you guys want to drastically change your life, become more mobile, you know, stop, you know, drinking and doing drugs, uh, run a marathon, get a promotion at your job, be the best husband and parent you can be, um, be shredded, you name it. You're going to have to overcome some challenges and some obstacles. And most of the things you lay out aren't going to go exactly as planned. Um, that's just life, dude. It's, it's what makes it awesome. It's the ups and downs. It's, it's peaks and valleys, but that's the beauty of thinking big. And, uh, Rigsby goes ahead and he's quoting, uh, Tom Hanks here. If you guys have never watched a league of your own, put it on the list next to Brewster's millions. Both are badass movies, but Tom Hanks says in the movie, it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. And I always say the hard is what makes it special. <clears throat> you know, and I'm not just saying this because I've, I've done this for a living. I'm glad it's super hard to be fucking fit, man. I'm glad it's tough because it separates, you know, the weak from the strong. It's like when you see people doing things, there's a certain level of respect there because they put in the work. I respect everybody who comes in here and tries. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care what your body fat percentage is. I don't care what your 2K road time is or if you can do 100 cows in the assault bike in, in a couple of minutes. It doesn't matter. You showed up and you're trying. And it's it, like, well, Jeremy, it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. It's called working out. It's not called being a lazy ass. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't have like my weekly lazy ass sessions. They're called my weekly workouts, right? That's the beauty of it. So understand if you are going to do something different, it's not going to happen magically. You're going to have to really put in the work. And the last thing I'm going to leave you with on that note is, is team. And I've talked about this a lot, especially over the last couple of years. And I realize this, I'm not naive enough to think that this is only me. And I'll touch on that in a second. But if I've learned anything in my 18 years of coaching, I got my first fitness certification in 2005, <clears throat> when a lot of you were still shitting your pants from being too too drunk, or maybe you weren't even old enough to drink yet. Who knows? Um, 18 years of coaching humans is what I'm coming up on. And I'm coming up on 13 years as an entrepreneur, meaning like I am not working for somebody else. I've only worked for myself. <clears throat> I signed the checks in the front, not just the checks in the back for the last 13 years. And if I've learned anything, 
is that nobody succeeds alone. Nobody. You need people to challenge you. You need people to cheer you on. You need people to coach you. You need people to inspire you. And you need people to work with to execute the plan and help you move closer to your goals and your dreams. Success is a team sport, if there ever was one. And I believe that. And that goes for the people who work with me here, both like in-house and on the internet. All the people I've met over the years, uh, my peers, uh, been great. You know, we challenge each other. I, again, I talked to BJ Gadur last week for, shit, probably an hour and a half. And uh, admittedly, I need to do that even more because uh, I get so much out of those calls. And it's a lot of it, we know what bullshit about the NBA Finals and we'll just talk about. But he's a, somebody who mirrors you know, really close to what I do for a living in terms of just like, how do you, you know, take care of your body, which is like, you know, our biggest asset other than, I guess my brain continues to work at some level, that's part of it. But, you know, like, how do I I take care of my body? What are you doing with Instagram? What are you doing with YouTube? How's it going with the app? Like, just sharing best practices, it helps me get better. I took more into that 90 minutes than I would have if I would have sat at, excuse me, you know, 10 other business meetings talking about bullshit. The point is, is that you got to have a good team. And that's the same thing with Heather. Heather's my, you know, she's my ride or die. She's my Batman to Robin, Jordan to Scotty, Shaq to Kobe. Like, we're in it. Um, you got to pick a good team. You got to pick a good partner. You got to have good coworkers around you. And when you're training with fitness, you don't got to train with, like, all fucking savages. But you should have a couple savages around. And just people to push you. And a group to hold you accountable to show up. It's what we do here in person. It's what we do, obviously, on the app inside our private Facebook groups. We're just trying to build the biggest team possible. So even if you guys have never met me, you've never come in here, you've never talked to me in person, shit, maybe you've never even bought a program, you've never you never downloaded the app, you've never interacted with us, but you've listened to me talk on here 490 times. I think, that's what, I think we're on episode 490 right now. I'm glad to be part of, part of your team if I can help you. And so know if you're looking around right now at your life and it's like whether you're, you're not as fit as you want to be, you're not as responsible with money as you want to be, you're not, you know, being the best spouse you can be or a parent or you're, you're sucking ass at your job, look at your team. Look at the people around you. Do they challenge you? Do they cheer you on? Do you have people to, to coach you? Do you have people to inspire you? And do you have people who are helping you execute your plan and, and holding you up and pushing you close to your dreams? Are they fanning your flame, as we like to say, or are they pissing on your fire? Are you surrounding yourselves with people who are fountains of knowledge and inspiration and motivation? Or are you surrounding yourself with people who are drains, who are sucking the fucking life out of you? If you are, step back for a second and start building a better team. Because success is a team sport, if there ever was one. So those are Rigsby's quick, off-the-cuff things, and they are 100% true in my life. And I believe if you really take an honest look at yours, they would be 100% the same for you guys. Now, I took two things here from Tyler English before I let you guys go that I wanted to share because I thought they were super important. And one of them is talking about motivation, and the other one is just talking about confidence. And these are two super important things that you need in your life to be successful, in my opinion. And it doesn't matter what it is in. I, I believe it's in everything. One, you have to be motivated by something every day. 
And sometimes that's just a perspective on life and the world, realizing how lucky you are that you were born in this era in this time um, with so many opportunities and so many awesome tools. And yeah, technology has fucked us in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways it's made life super awesome. And it's allowed us to become a lot smarter than we were maybe 50 years ago. Dumber in some ways for sure, but obviously smarter in others. And obviously you need to have a certain level of self-confidence. Not like a, a crazy, you know, thinking you're Uncle Rico and you can throw a football over the mountains and if coach would have put you in, you would have won state. Not, you know, unrealistic, but just a level of confidence that you can do some pretty awesome shit in your life if you're willing to dedicate yourself and put in the work. And the first thing he touched on was the truth about motivation. And I say his name's Tyler English. He runs Tyler English Fitness. He's out in Connecticut. He's been in the game as long as me. I've talked about him before on here. Um, if he gets out to Scottsdale, I need to shoot him a message, actually. Um, we'll get him on the podcast because he's, he's full of a lot of really good information. He's, he's lived it. Um, he's a real fitness person. And when I say that, I mean he loves the craft of fitness and challenging yourself and uh, powerlifting and bodybuilding and, and the whole show. And long before Instagram. That's what I'm talking about. Like I'm talking like the, the old the old fitness people like myself who, who did this before the social media. And he's just talking about the truth about motivation. I used to only care about how I looked. I used to only care about how much I could lift. And when you spend a better part of your life committed to bodybuilding and your physique, obviously aesthetics matter, right? And then you spend the next, you know, five years or so committed to powerlifting. The numbers matter. Now, I think for most people in fitness, things do get a lot simpler. And I don't want to get off track here. And if you're listening to this and you're not a fitness professional and you're not a quote-unquote fitness person, detach your mind from, from bodybuilding and detach your mind from powerlifting for a second. Because in bodybuilding, it doesn't matter how much you lift. It's only what you look like for the most part. And in powerlifting, it doesn't matter what you look like. It just matters <clears throat> how much shit you can pick up and push and pull and press, right? If you take the context of bodybuilding and powerlifting out of it, and you can use your life. A lot of people in their younger life, they spend a huge part of it committed to just caring about what they look like to the outside world. This is true. How you look, your hair, your skin, makeup, nails, Botox. I'm not judging. We all do this shit. Because it matters, and it does, and I'll touch on this in a second. What kind of car you drive? What neighborhood you live in? What kind of purse you got? What kind of shoes you have? What clothes you're wearing? That's the aesthetic part. That matters to people. The perception. They care about it. That's why we all do it consciously or subconsciously. It's why we choose to wear the things we wear. We choose to drive the things we drive. And there's a certain level, and you care about it, and you identify with it. And it's this is way too complex for me to dig into on this podcast, but it's true. And then people sometimes graduate to caring about numbers. How much does my salary pay me? Which is important. How much money am I going to save every month for retirement? How much do I need in my Roth IRA? How much is my house worth? You know, numbers. We get fixated on that. Now, I think as you get older, things become a lot simpler. And those numbers, probably not until you're later in life. But in fitness, typically when you're older, you don't care only about numbers. You still care about your strength, but the numbers aren't the name of the game. Being able to move better, feel better, 
do fun activities. Maybe carry your kids and play with them. Get on the ground, roll around. Those things start to matter more. Being pain-free, being happy, getting to do shit you love with people and enjoy. That's why you do fitness. That's what you start to care about. Not, is my body fat 6%? Not, can I deadlift 600 pounds? If that's what you want to do, respect, dude. Like, if that makes you happy and you're a psychopath like me, then fucking bang your drum, dude. But if it's not, you got to do what makes you happy. Even for me, there's things that I competed in bodybuilding for many years. I competed in physique for many years. Um, I can still get as lean as I need to be. If I need to be leaner than this, it's, it's super easy to do. Um, but it's not the only thing I care about. I live in this mode because I like it. I like to live at this body fat percentage. I like to live at, you know, this level of, you know, musculature. I like to, to live at this level of performance. Not for anybody else, not for you guys, not for Instagram, but just for me. Selfishly, I just like it. It's kind of who I am. And so, yeah, I, I personally still care about obviously what I look like, but it's not the only thing. And if you're listening, like you care about what you look like too. And if you say you don't give a shit, like you're lying to yourself. Now, obviously, if it's someone like me, the whole fitness world and bodybuilding will always be like close to my heart. You know, it's uh, it's a thing I love. It's I've always enjoyed it. And if you're hearing like, well, Jeremy, I think bodybuilding is stupid. I don't mean it like on stage posing, you know, in a banana hammock. That's not what I'm talking about here. Bodybuilding in its purest form does matter to you because that's what you're doing. You're building your body either up or down. You're either building it or you're tearing it down. There is no such thing as staying the same. I've said this a million times in this podcast. If you think about your body, if you think about life, if you think about your mental capacity, there is no such thing as coasting. And I don't think that, I think that same thing of life, like if you look at an uphill battle, which is what life is, you're getting older, softer and wrinklier. If you're not educating yourself consistently and you're just watching Netflix and listening to bullshit and watching the news, it's going to rot your fucking brain. I don't care what you say. Like, this is not a medical, you know, statement. I'm just saying like, you're going to get dumber. It's going to start to shape your reality and your thoughts are going to be different because of the things that you are consuming. And if you look at a hill and if you had, if you imagine like your body and your life and your mind and everything is a wagon and you're pushing that wagon uphill, that is your journey. If you stop training, if you stop eating right, if you stop educating yourself, if you stop surrounding yourself with the right people and listening to the right things, that wagon is going to start rolling backwards. That is what happens. So when I'm saying bodybuilding, I just mean you building up your body, making it stronger, fit, functional, and feel good, not, you know, get jacked like Ronnie fucking Coleman here. So I can assure you, bodybuilding in the purest form is what you're thinking. That is what you still do care about because you care about how you look. So go stand in the mirror, you know, and wearing only what, what God gave you. Do you like what you see? Can you make some changes if you need to? Are you doing what you need to do in order to feel better and see things better? Do you feel confident in your own skin? Only you guys can know that. And I don't want you to go in the mirror and be overly critical of yourself. That's not what I'm saying here. You can be happy at any shape and any size. This is not a fat shaming thing. But if you're not happy and you don't like what you see and you don't feel confident in your own skin... 
you can change it. Don't be your own worst enemy. Don't go stare at the 10 things on your body you fucking hate. I'm not saying that. We all have a certain level of probably body dysmorphia. Lord knows all of us in fitness, you know, we hide our feelings in our muscles for sure. Uh, That's, you know, probably why I built this up the way that I did. If I really want to strip it down and be honest, but I do feel confident in my own skin and I do like what I see and I do like how I feel. But if you don't, you can change it and you can do it with love and you can do it in a happy way. I exercise because of what it, it's what keeps me sharp. It's what challenges me. It keeps me at my best and it gives me something to wake up for and strive for. And I always, I'm trying to be a little bit better and a little bit more efficient. And that goes far beyond, you know, any numbers I've ever put up, any weights I've ever lifted or anything I'll ever see in the mirror. It's about how I feel. It's about how I think. It's about how I function. And yes, taking care of yourself and looking good 100% adds to the way that I feel. I don't think anybody else can deny that. Taking care of yourself and looking good and liking the way you feel does add a lot of value to your life. And it should. Because confidence, my friends, is a powerful tool. In a world that is kind of set up for you to be fat and lazy and afraid and easier to control, building your body to be its best is probably your best defense. And I'm going to read that one more time. Confidence is a powerful tool in a world that wants you to be fat, lazy, and afraid because you're easier to control and there's not a lot of pushback. And to combat that, building your body to be its best is the best defense you can have. It's the best confidence builder and it's, it's something that you can't control. You can't control who's in office. You can't control the gas prices. You can't control when the stock market eats shit. You can't control when housing, you know, basically you know, quadruples in value in in two years. And there's nothing you can do about that. But you can control the food you eat and you can control how active you are every single day. And if you got children, you know, I I think a lot of times that becomes a motivator because they're probably not slowing down anytime soon. And I'm assuming most of you guys want to be around for them. And you're not here forever, you know, And even if fitness and eating right didn't extend your life by 20 years, what it's going to do is dramatically increase the quality of the years that you are here. But if you look at the research, it pretty much guarantees you're going to be around a whole hell of a lot longer unless something catastrophic happens. And I share that to share this, that everything you do inside the gym is going to make everything you do outside of the gym a whole hell of a lot better. It really will. As long as you're not letting your fitness steal your fitness and doing things inside the gym that rob you of things outside of it, and most of you are not training that hard for that to happen. So everything you do inside the gym, all the skills, all the sets, all the reps, all the mobility, is so you can take those skills outside of the gym and make everything else easier and better and more efficient. Weakness and laziness have no place in a society that wants you fat and lazy and stupid. Strength and building strength, aside from the benefits to your health, provide you with so much more. And this is Tyler English here straight up saying strength isn't simply defined by muscle. Strength makes you resilient. Strength builds your mental capacity. 
Strength and the act of building strength makes the life you live easier to navigate. The same man who today has, quote unquote, no time to improve his body will live a life with regret of allowing his body to break down as he ages. I will say that again if you do not believe me. Again, you have an opportunity when you're listening to this to be like, you know what, fuck it. Jeremy got me fired up today. Let me do 100 push-ups. Let me go get 10,000 steps in. Let me do some squats. Or if you're moving right now, just keep fucking moving. The same man or woman today who says they have no time to eat right, they have no time to improve their body, they have no time to exercise, they have no time to get some steps in, you will live the rest of your life with regret because you allowed your body to break down as it aged because those skills you have today are going to diminish and they will not be there tomorrow. It is a use it or lose it situation here. It's either a priority to you, or as I like to say, you made it mandatory. If you watch my Instagram stories, I do this all the time. It's mandatory mobility. Everyday 365. There's no reason why you can't do mobility for two minutes a day. If you're not doing it, you're just too fucking lazy. Two, moving around for me is mandatory every day. Get my steps in. Do mobility. Doing push-ups. Doing lunges. Moving around. Shit, just getting a lot. I was here yesterday just doing, it was like an hour, probably an hour total. I did mobility. Then I did this hour of play. Heavy jump rope. Light jump rope. Uh, drop drills, shoulder drops, big medicine ball, small medicine ball, assault bike, dumbbell carries, going through almost like an obstacle course, box jumps, which I'm going to do a video series on box jumps. Even though I'm not telling you guys to do box jumps, please don't do them. Um, but if you want to test your your plyometric skills still and see if you're an old man like me and still got it, I still fucking got it, which is pretty impressive. The point I'm driving at was I just got lost in play because I made it non-negotiable and I made it a priority and I made it mandatory that I was going to train. So for you, if you're listening, movement, exercise, mobility is either a priority and a non-negotiable or it's not. Either you care about it every day enough to do it or you don't. There is no middle road. You either have the time to do it or you make the fucking time to do it. You either have the time to exercise and eat right, or you make the time to exercise and eat right. If you won't make the time, you will clearly make an excuse. If you're not going to make the time to do it, all you're doing is making an excuse of why you can't, and that's all it is. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad here, but there's people who are busier than you, that have harder jobs, that are traveling more, and that have more kids that somehow manage to do five minutes of something today. And again, if you're going through some real life shit right now, I get it. I feel you. I'm not telling you to just push through it. However, speaking from experience, I've been through some shit in my life. I always felt better once I moved through it. Once I just worked out through it. Now, I'm a fitness person, so that worked for me. But I always felt better when I moved around and I sweat a little bit. I got the endorphins moving. My physiology changed. That motion created different emotions in my body. So again, if you're not going to make the time, you're going to make an excuse. All I'm asking you guys is just to be a little bit better this week than you were next week. And again, for a lot of you who are listening, you got children watching. You got a husband or wife watching. And if you're not doing it for you, you know, fuck it, man, which you should be. Do it for them. You know, I say this all the time on here, more is caught than taught. My parents, for everything they didn't, quote unquote, you know, teach me, I saw them do. And I absorbed those skills. And what you're doing is like, they didn't probably even understand at the time they're building like a young badass, 
is what you're doing. When your kid sees you move, your kid wants to move. You know how many parents bring their kids in here? Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's annoying as fuck. Just being honest. Um, if the kid's great, some of these kids are super well behaved. Some of these kids are little terrorists, but hey, love them all to death. They're kids that they don't know. They, they, we haven't we haven't messed them up yet. They love to run and play and jump and move. The point is they mimic, they mimic mom and dad. They want to do what mom and dad does. They want to get on the ski. They want to get on the bike. They want to push the sled. They want to go run with mom and dad. They want to pretend to do push-ups and do burpees and jumping jacks. It's amazing. You can't tell me that the imprinting that's going on at that level is not going to stick with that kid forever. I'm not saying the kid's going to be, you know, Usain Bolt or is going to be, you know, the next Michael Jordan and go, but the kid will probably want to exercise. They'll probably want to play sports. They'll probably want to move. They'll probably want to go into a gym. They won't be afraid of it because you're building young heroes when you're doing that in a society that is declining in terms of overall health and movement. So I'm just saying lead by example. And a lot of that comes down to you just having a goal, having a plan, having a vision, having some self-confidence, and being motivated to show up every single day. Even if it's not for you, you're doing it for them. That's a mouthful. I know, um, so a lot of this, I'll share it in the show notes. Tyler English gave a lot of this, which is great. A little bit of the clip by Pat Rigsby. And I don't know where the... um, the Brazilian rich guy thing came from, but I'll uh, I'll put it in the newsletter too for you guys. And uh, I'm gonna do a couple of just quick Q and A's before I let you go. I apologize if I'm getting riled up here. Um, and you guys listen to me long enough, you know how I am. But I, th- I feel like it's been a while since I dropped that many f bombs uh, on a podcast. I'm not apologizing for that at all. It's who I am. But I only do it about things I, I am passionate about and, and I care about because I see. And hopefully it gets you up off your ass and, and moving because you have this opportunity. And I, I would hate um, for you to get to be three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, and be like, you know what, I've listened to all Jeremy's stuff. I've read a lot of the things he put out. I'm following all these things, but I'm just, I'm not, I'm not putting them to action. Knowing is not enough. You have to do. Knowledge is worthless without action. I say that all the time. So take something from today and just start small. I don't care what it is, but... Just be a little bit better this week than you were next week and slowly build on it. Join us on the app. Come in here in person. Fucking message me. I don't care. I'll do what I can to help you moving and keep you going. I'll keep pumping out stuff and trying to help people as long as, you know, people want to want to see it and hear it, you know, because it's, I feel like when you're in fitness and in, uh, in this space, you're in like a sinking ship, man. And uh, I, I hate the feeling of that, but I feel like I'm in the Titanic right now and they gave me like... They started off, they gave me like a Dixie cup, you know, to get the water out. Now I feel like I got at least uh, a giant bucket, but if you've seen the Titanic, bro, what's a giant bucket going to do to keep that thing from sinking? And uh, so I'm trying to make a dent as best I can. If you guys are willing to help me, uh, I think we can keep doing it because people are just becoming over time, you know, with technology and just the world. And and I get all the stuff, man, but you got to do hard shit. You just do. You got to push yourself. You got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to wake up and do the things that are fucking hard, man. And I know it, it's not super fun all the time, but I promise you it's worth it. And it's way more fun to go through life dealing with the same problems that are going to happen when you're fit and you're strong and you're healthy and your mind is clear than if you're 50 pounds overweight and you hate your life and you're super stressed and you can barely move. Those problems really tend to compound. And that's like a lot of times a straw that breaks the camel's back. So if you can do it in a resilient human shape, it can change everything. So sorry about that. Quick questions. Um, Beck's exercise to ease back into after injury. 
this person had a, a thing that has said had a vasectomy. Um, lateral lunges would be great. Um, no, I'm <laughs> joking for sure. Uh, honestly, whatever your doctor says, you know, for me, a lot of things, the low hanging fruit is just getting your steps in, going for a walk and doing a uh, foam rolling tissue work, easy mobility, and just testing range of motion. I don't know what the vasectomy time uh, layup is. I have not had the pleasure yet of having my nutsack snipped, but uh, it sounds terrible. Since I've spent basically most of my life trying to keep sharp objects away from my junk, I don't think I want to bring them near it. They don't even use sharp objects now, do they? Do they cut it? And then what do they do? Like fry it? Like they got to like quarter, cauterize it, right? Like kind of, I don't even know. I don't need to Google that. I don't want to see that. Um, anyways, uh, walking and uh, just mobility, basic stuff. And then obviously nothing that you know impacts the injury uh, for sure. Next one, best protein bars to eat. Um, it really just depends, you know, what you like. I know uh, Mark Lobeliner has uh, a line of protein bars. He does the, what are Mark's bars? Mark does the out, outright bars, I think. Um, if you like the perfect bars, they have more carbohydrates in them, but they're all real food. Um, the perfect bars are cool. If you like Power Crunch bars, if you're cool with whey, Power Crunch does great. Put them in the freezer. It's like a Kit Kat. Those are addicting for sure. Um, some people like, I don't, I think that's probably about it. If I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head, um, just bars in general, I don't eat a ton. Uh, the kind bars I know are all real food for sure. They're not really protein based. I do them if I eat them more so on the go just for fiber. And it's kind of like a little sweet treat. Honestly, I'm not a huge protein bar person. I think the Epic bars are like the meat bars where it's like chicken or bison or steak beef bars. Um, kind of like a beef jerky, essentially. But, you know, use supplement those things. You use them around what you're eating. They don't become the base of, of everything that obviously you're eating. The protein powders are probably a little bit better. They probably have less shit in them, less fillers um, for the most part. Obviously, I use J-Labs protein to sweeten with stevia. It's easy on the stomach. I don't, you know, admittedly do a ton of protein smoothies and shakes, but that's um, usually what we go to at our house. If you guys want a discount code, we always have it. ID25 right now for 25% off if you want to try it. Um, but that's what I would do. Next, uh, this guy asked for Pat Rigsby as a guest on the podcast. You know what? I do want to get Pat on the podcast. I probably am going to have to go to Louisville to do it because Pat does not travel to places other than like Disney and all around his region. If he comes out here, I'm for surely getting his ass on here. I'll try to reach out to him. If I can make it happen when the weather doesn't suck. I've been to Louisville a bunch of times. Um, I don't want to go and it's not nice. So I'll do my best, you guys. Um, that'll be a great episode. If you run a business or you want to run a business or learn how to, uh, that would be super helpful. Next one, your favorite 80s rock band. <sighs> See, I know what this guy wants. This is D-Lo here. If you guys watch my Instagram stories, D-Lo's on there a lot. He wants me to say rat with two T's, which is probably his favorite 80s rock band. That is not mine. Does Metallica count as a rock band? Because Metallica all fucking day, every day. Um, if Metallica doesn't count, I'll go with rat. Round and round, my man. Next one. Um, how do you get your beard to look so on point? Well, you know, you don't shave it every two days. Um, totally kidding. Uh, this is this, my best friend asked this actually on uh, this episode here because he grows a terrible mustache and a terrible fucking beard. Um, this guy Chandler here, great beard. Uh, genetics, dude. And you just can't shave it. If I let my shit grow for like six to seven weeks, it looks pretty respectable. I got a pretty dark, black, thick luscious beard six to seven eight weeks i get it good i've let it go 10 before um and i kind of look like a mountain 
kind of man, that's okay. Uh, just genetics, right? Um, obviously, you got to put some, some, some oils in there, some minerals. Uh, eat your vitamins, weight train, uh, have testosterone flowing through your body. But just like how people have a great head of hair, right? And my best friend's got a great head of hair. I'm fucking shaving it down because I look damn near. I'm almost like Bruce Willis. I'm getting close. I still have a decent hairline. I still got hair there. But if I shave it, it looks pretty good and pretty tough. Um, if I let it grow, it starts to get real, real flimsy and real thin in certain spots, which is just, hey, man, sometimes, it's luck of the draw, man. You know, like you, sometimes you got a friend who, you know, he's just 6'6", six, six, and he's lean, and that's just how he is. And you got a friend that's, you know, five foot six, and he's got great calves. Like sometimes it's just genetics. You just you win the lottery. Next one. Uh, do you recommend massage guns for tissue work or foam rollers? I like both, honestly. Personally, um, it depends on what what spots in the body and how tight you want to get in. I love a foam roller because I do feel they add way more pressure than the massage guns do. It's just my personal opinion. I can dig in way deeper um, on a foam roller than I can with the massage gun. I can put the full weight of my body on top of it. I can change the density of the roller. We have the Rumbler rollers here. We have the Trigger Point ones. We have the uh, Perform Better ones. Amazon even has fine composite ones for you guys. But I do think the rollers can get a lot deeper, especially places like your glutes. Uh, all the G-Meads, uh, if you can get into, if, let's see, calves for sure, quads, VMO, 100%. Those are probably the best with the roller. With the uh, massage guns, these more localized areas, if you want to dig into like maybe TFL, if you want to get into parts of your back, uh, upper back traps, rhomboids, uh, the erectors, uh, QL, things like that, they do work great. I do love the lacrosse balls as well. Even the handles of like battle ropes, if you guys are really trying to dig in um, to kind of that QL area, certain parts of the glutes you can dig in. Uh, I do like that as well. They're both great. It just depends on, you know, how deep you want to get and how um, how tight the spots are. Next one, uh, kettlebell workouts. Yeah, um, we'll we'll load even more and more on the app. You guys will see them um, kind of as we go here. Next one, what do I eat on a daily basis? Full podcast on that. I'll do a new one probably towards the end of the year. Uh, for people who know, uh, most days I'm eating one meal, full transparency seat. No, full transparency. Some days I might do like a smaller meal and then just one bigger one. But for most days, it's still just one big meal per day. I feel best doing that. And rarely if I'm here in the office and I find myself struggling, depending on the workday, I might run to the store and grab something real quick and simple to have, maybe like five, 600 calories of basically just proteins and fats with some simple carbs if I'm doing it around my workout. But for the most part, it's just still one big meal a day. I'll share more of that on Instagram. I'm going to do full videos inside the app and kind of walk through in detail, like what my day actually looks like if you guys do want to see it. But uh, yeah, uh, I have a podcast. I think it's called one Jeremy Scott Fitness One Meal a Day or My Eating and Training Schedule 2021 or 2022, I might have a version on there as well. Next one. What is your take on fruit smoothies post-workout? Do you recommend? If you like them, 100%, man. I, I, I'm a fan of fruit. I'm a fan of protein. Um, you, can, you can do them anytime. Do them as a meal replacement. Do them as a snack. Do them as a breakfast. Do them as a dinner. I think they're all great for sure. 
Uh, I like the frozen stuff best. It just kind of, to me, it's a little bit easier. You can buy those those packs of frozen uh, blueberries, blackberries, strawberries. And honestly, any type of protein powder, if you just put a banana and some peanut butter in there, it makes it taste good. You can buy probably the grossest tasting shit on earth, and you can put a banana and protein, or excuse me, a banana and peanut butter in it. It does make a huge difference. If you take like, let's say, Again, I think Athletic Greens is the best tasting greens on the planet. You can take it and throw the greens into a smoothie. You don't even taste it. It just turns it green. So if you're really like, oh, man, I don't like the taste, throw it in there and you're fine. But honestly, like put in some water and you're good to go. So, yeah, fruit smoothies are great. Pre-workout, post-workout, breakfast, lunch, dinner, anytime is fine. I'm a huge fan. I might actually start doing some of those. Uh, now it's summertime. It's been so hot here. It's just, uh, if you didn't know, it gets hot as shit in Arizona in the summertime. So I might do a couple smoothies. And last question, what do you think about carnivore MD calling veggies bullshit? Veggies are good or bad? <sighs> okay. I'm going to try not to um, go too deep down the rabbit hole here. I don't know. I don't know him personally. Um, obviously, by the name, I know I'm, I'm familiar with the work. Uh, I did the carnivore diet for I think two weeks, three weeks. We did a podcast on it. You can Google it, Carnivore Diet, Jeremy Scott. You can see my take on it. I'm not against it. Here's my take on all eating protocols. They all work for somebody. Something works for someone, but everything doesn't work for everybody. And do I want to just eat meat all day, every day? No. Do I want to eat meat every day? For sure. Uh, Meat is probably the biggest part of my diet. So I'm not against this. But it's very limiting uh, to only do that. Uh, for most people, I don't think it's sustainable for life in general. You're going to probably always venture off and do different things. That's just my opinion. You can disagree with me and say, Jeremy, all, I, all I've eaten is meat for the last five years and I feel and look great. Respect, dude. You should keep doing it. I just know for me, doing it for multiple weeks, um, taking a shit was a different experience for sure. And... Um, I just, I, I don't see how veggies are, are bullshit. I don't see how they're worthless. Now, you can always pull, you know, data. You can always find research and meta-analysis and, and things where it's going to support your narrative. And here's my two cents. For most people, and it, it's the same thing with the carnivore stuff where they're like, oh, fiber is worthless and fiber is bullshit. Dude, you can pull that and then you can pull research that literally says the exact opposite and there's mountains and mountains and mountains of data on the other end. And I can grab all these too if you guys want me to read them on the podcast. It's typically not what we do here. My two cents for most people, vegetables are not bullshit. You're going to get micronutrients from them. There are vitamins and minerals in them and they're important. If you're not eating vegetables, for most people, you're going to fill it with other bullshit. I do think fiber is important for a lot of people. This is just not my opinion. You can talk to multiple, multiple, multiple physicians across the board. I do think they're good for most people. Now, do I eat a ton of vegetables all day, every day? No, I don't, but I do eat asparagus most days. You know, that's probably the number one veggie I do eat. I do eat Brussels sprouts. Um, On occasion, I'll have spinach. Um, I don't eat a huge variety. I'll do cauliflower. I'll do broccoli. Um, I'll do sweet potatoes. Those tend to be like the the biggest ones that we do at our house. And I do find value in them. I like the way that they taste. Do I like them as much as, you know, a ribeye steak? No. 
but I'm not just going to eat ribeye steak. So I don't believe in that they're complete bullshit. But if you if your name is carnivore or whatever on Instagram, you probably have to go pretty hard against the narrative of vegetables are good for you, right? Like the example I give is uh, Dave Ramsey. Like I'm a Dave Ramsey guy. Do I do I love everything he says? No, I'm sure if he listened to this podcast, he turned it off. Said the f word ten times in the first twenty minutes. So. I don't have to agree with everything he says, nor would he have to agree with my take on everything either. Dave Ramsey's whole thing is, is about getting out of debt, right? And they're like, don't ever use a credit card. You don't build wealth on airline miles. You don't build wealth on points. You don't build wealth on cash back, all of which is true. Now, he says that because they're the debt-free people, right? Where if you're debt-free, and these are for people who don't know how to use debt at all to leverage anything in I understand the leverage game. It's not the point of this conversation, but Dave Ramsey's whole take is never use a credit card because credit cards are going to get you in trouble. That is true if you don't have any self-control. But because you're the debt-free guy, you have to say that. Now, me personally, I use a credit card to pay fixed expenses at my house. All that does, and at the end of the month, I pay it off. Heather and I have a conversation we're not going to spend more just because we use this card. It's the same as I've used in the fucking debit card, except all that's happening is I'm getting a free companion ticket when I fly with her, and I'm getting airline miles. So we can go to Hawaii and fly there for free. First class. Pretty fucking sweet, right? All I did was buy the same shit I was going to buy. Gas. Use it for uh, MindBody, Infusionsoft, Verizon, uh, Sling. All our fixed expenses just go on there. I was going to spend the money anyway, so I used a credit card. Now, I don't think credit cards are inherently bad for people like me. However, I do see other people where it gets them into trouble. So the debt-free guy, Dave Ramsey, has to vilify credit cards, even if he believes it 100%, which he probably does. But even if he doesn't, it just fits his narrative. The point of me going on that two-minute rant is if you're the carnivore doctor, you probably have to go pretty hard against vegetables, right? Because the vegan stuff and the veggies are like the opposite of what you're trying to do. Even if you think some vegetables are good and some in moderation are helpful, you're probably going to push the other direction because this is what you're selling. So hopefully that comparison made sense. Any extremes I hear and see, that's kind of the conclusion I draw. Um, I'm not a huge fan of extremes on either end. I think some people probably look at me and say the way that I live is extreme. Well, Jeremy wakes up every single day before four. It's just who I am. It's just a habit. I'm not telling you you have to do it. I'm not telling you if you sleep till eight, you won't be successful. You know how many people here wake up at probably seven and make way more money than me and like run a way bigger business and are way more quote unquote financially successful? I'm sure there's quite a few of them. I go, that's not my goal. It's not what I'm trying to do. It's not why I do it for. And it's not why I would tell you to get up early every day. So when you're listening to these things, you can only eat these things. These things are all worthless. When you speak in absolutes in life, most of the time, it's for, it's for a reason. It's to prove a point. It's not usually true. It'd be like if Heather said, Jeremy, you never do the dishes. This is just not a true statement. Do I do them as much as her? No, but I do do them. But to say I never do them is pushing a narrative. Just like all vegetables are bullshit, just like all credit cards are evil. So when you're listening to fitness advice from people, take it with a grain of salt and ask yourself, you know, are they pushing something for a certain reason? Are they behind this for a certain reason? And sometimes it's just, it's 
they're not, there's no ill intention. And sometimes they're just pushing it because they really believe it. But the extreme stances on a lot of ends, I'm not a huge fan of. It's like I'm not a fan of extreme right politics. I'm not a fan of extreme left politics. Usually the truth and most rational things end up somewhere in the middle-ish. Whether they lean one way or the other, that's kind of where most of us fall. So I know it was a long-winded answer, but for you guys listening, I do not think vegetables are bullshit. I do believe they're important for you. You should be eating some for sure. And if you're not eating them, what are you really filling your life in? Just like I'm not a huge fan of eating only meat, I'm not a huge fan of eating only vegetables or only fruit or only keto or only this. Like You can probably find a well-balanced mix that can serve you and give you a nice well-rounded palate and fill your body with good stuff that makes you move good and feel good. And that's most importantly sustainable for life. So take that for what it is, you guys. Hopefully um, you got something out of this. I know it's a little bit different of an episode and there's just some things that I wanted to, uh, to get out there and ramble on. It's been a while since I've done a podcast like this. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it and digged it. If you happen to be on Apple Podcasts, stop, drop it a five-star, leave a comment. I would appreciate it most definitely. If you're on Spotify, you guys can now drop reviews on Spotify. Give me a five-star. I'd love it. And uh, if you guys have any questions on any of the sponsors of the podcast, Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, Dry Farms Wines, Beam CBD, Athletic Greens, look in the show notes. All of the discount links are there. If you guys want any free samples, just hit me up. I'm happy to send them to you. Um, I mean that with all sincerity. Do not hesitate. I will get them to you as soon as humanly possible. And then again, reminder, uh, the Jeremy Scott Fitness app is live. They're right now, they're going to start week three of our five-week summer challenge. If you still want to get in, you can get in for a buck if you've never been inside. Check it out. Rock with them for the, the next three weeks. See what you think. Launching our Cut and Jack program in August, which is very uh, advanced, uh, in my opinion. Uh, the lifting protocol is the same throughout. The weekly conditioning and uh, core stuff is going to change each week. And then we are doing a 34-day abs and core challenge that Heather's going to be a big part of too with me. So anybody, ladies, if you want to get in dudes, everybody, um, it's, it's, it's core work, uh, directly every day. It's something you can do on top of any program that you're in. So if you're in a strength training program, if you're in a, a Metcom program, if you're, you know, training for a marathon, you can do these workouts every day on top of your normal training for all 34 days. And I promise you, you've never done them before. I promise you they are unique and you'll be doing movements and things that you never thought you would do. And you'll understand how your core works, not just in terms of rectus, like the front six, but your erectors, your obliques, your intercostals and the whole corset and uh, kind of trunk girl area. So we'll challenge you most definitely inside. So I thank you guys as always. If you need something from me, obviously hit me up. Otherwise, have an amazing rest of your Sunday. And, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate you guys. Again, a reminder, we have over 1,500 videos on our YouTube page. It's 100% free when you subscribe. Jeremy's got fitness on YouTube. We're loading a lot of the single podcasts on there as well. If you ever want to watch me ramble on in an office by myself, it's on there. But we're sharing a lot of other really good content on there, again, for free, just to help you guys. So thank you as always. Share it with a friend, family member. I would appreciate it. Until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.